Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Spilling the Beans. As per usual, I'm your host, Chris Bean, and uh, today we've got some things to talk about, obviously. Otherwise, this there really wouldn't be a point to recording anything, would there? <laughs> um, so, I forgot if I mentioned this in the last episode. I know I talked about some things that I got for Christmas, um, but if I didn't mention this, one of the things I got for Christmas was this why you're so awesome book from my sisters um who referenced themselves as the girls on the title of this to chris from the girls and basically there's like um 50 kind of fill in the blank sentences and it, they're pretty short but i was just gonna excuse me some of these are quite amusing. Some of them are pretty, pretty heartfelt. And I actually, I only read through this once and Christmas was last month. So it'd probably be good to read through it again, but I thought it'd just be fun to, uh, to, uh, read through that. And then after I read through this book, I, uh, thought of one of the stories from my childhood and I thought that I would, uh, tell the story in a more narrative way rather than just telling the experience just spontaneously. I, I thought it would be fun to experiment and uh, what I did was I typed up this story on the computer as if I were writing like a novel. It's kind of like a short story or something. I mean it's only like a couple pages. I used 11 font. You know it's not, it's not, I'm not, no, no, excuse me, <laughs> I'm no expert or anything, but I thought it'd be fun to uh, try it and, you know, read it in my narrator voice and things like that. And uh, yeah, so we'll get to that. I'm not sure how long that'll take, but we'll see how it goes. And, I, and I've practiced reading some of it, so we'll see how that goes, you know, <laughs> my first attempt pretty much. Um, and then after that, I, I will, well, we'll just go to that point. So for now, um, I, let's go through this book. So it's Why You're So Awesome to Chris from the Girls. So this is number one. Your puzzle-solving ability is totally awesome. Number two. You are the most awesome, dumbest joke of the week teller in the world. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Three. You have the funniest faces. Okay, I, I agree with that. <laughs> Number four, you are awesomely talented at cleaning. Wow, okay. Now, I'm trying to figure out, because I'm pretty sure the girls took, um, I'm pretty sure the girls took turns and it was the same pattern. I'm not sure though, like what order, and I'm not entirely sure whose handwriting is whose. But dumbest joke of the week, that was probably Courtney. I'm not entirely sure though. But cleaning, I'm not sure who put cleaning. That's very kind. Um, let's see, cleaning, that could have been Haley. I, I won't go try and guess all these, but anyway. Number five, it would have been awesome to know you when you were a wee lad. <laughs> oh boy. Actually, that might be Haley. I'm not sure. Let's see. Number six. If you were a holiday, you'd be Christmas because you're a gift to me. <laughs> That's so cheesy. <laughs> That's funny. And for the record, it's it's not Christmas. Technically, it's Christmas. Just so we know, it's not. My birthday's coming up, and that can be Chris Beanmas, but Christmas is about Christ. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not comparing myself to Christ, <laughs> um, although I try to be like him every day. Um, number seven, it's awesome going to grandma's house with you. I'm not sure if that's like just a compliment to me or if that's like just it's fun to go to grandma's house, but you know what? I'll take it. I wish I were as awesome as you at Terraria. Well, I mean, you just... You just can't be afraid when you play Terraria. And the same thing with Minecraft. You can't be afraid to go into dangerous areas and 
go and mine things for yourself and with the risk of dying and losing money and whatever, you, you just gotta be brave. I know it's hard, but you just gotta do it. Just gotta do it. I want to, number nine, I want to steal your awesome video game collection. Now, I don't have the most extensive video game collection. Um, I mean, we have a lot of awesome video games at the house. And that that's a combination of me and my dad buying the games. Probably my dad more so. Um, just because he's had money for longer than me. <laughs> and... Um, but the video games I, that we own at the house, I'm very proud of our collection. This, I think this person that wrote that could be Haley because well, I, this person also wrote We Lad and that's totally like her sense of humor. Um, video game collection, like th if this is Haley, then she'd be referring to like Super Mario Galaxy, Donkey Kong, those Nintendo games, and also like Terraria and things like that. I am quite proud of my video game preferences, so thank you, Haley, or whoever that was. Number 10, we'd make an awesome Frisbee team. Well, is that so? Courtney could have written this, although that's really good handwriting, so probably not. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I love Frisbee. I'm not the best at Frisbee. However, I... Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I'm known for swatting that sucker down. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 what people want me on their team for. Is I can't. Th I'm not the greatest thrower, you know, but I know how to catch a frisbee, and I, I and I'm a good defender. Like I just whoosh, you know, I have these long monkey arms. I can just like get out of here, <laughs> not in my house, you know, and so that's cool. It is awesome. Number eleven. It is awesome how you are awesome. Okay, already running out of ideas. That's sad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Never mind, I know who this is. Number 12, you deserve the awesome pleb award. This is Courtney, 100%. She's the only person that calls people plebs. Maybe Lindsay on occasion, but that's got to be Courtney. 13, your sense of humor should be studied by science. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's probably not a bad that, that's probably not illogical to be honest <laughs> you're awesome at giving messages I know this person meant massages it looks like they corrected themselves but I hope I'm good at giving messages too you know that that's probably good for the podcast business <laughs> massages well I mean when you have skinny, bony fingers like mine, it's not difficult to, like, dig into the muscles, you know, get out those knots, just work the back. Um, who would have written that? Who would, have, who would know that? I've given Courtney a massage, but this isn't her hand... I don't know. Number 15. If you wanted to, you could easily win a Best Brother Award. This is also kind of an insult because I'm their only brother, so that... So by default, I'm also their least favorite. So, again, ouch. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You have 16. You have awesome taste in music. That's less of a compliment and more of just a fact of life. Like, I do have good taste in music. Yes, that is correct. Uh, although I am, I am comforted that they are aware of this, and I thank them for that. Number 17. It's awesome how you are a good example every day. Oh, see, that's nice. Well, that's good. I hope to be a good example. 18. If you were an animal, you'd be Armenian devil. <laughs> Armenian devil smiley face. <laughs> so this is Lindsay then. Oh, okay. I think I figured out the order. So A person is Haley, and then that would make B Lindsay. And then C is, let's see, A, B, C, D, E, okay, and then, and then it would be Megan, and then Courtney. Okay, so it goes, so it goes Haley, Lindsay, 
Megan Courtney. I'm pretty sure. Armenian Devil, so yeah, that's Lindsay. 19, you make me want to be a more awesome singer. Okay. This is probably Megan, yeah, if my theory's correct, because she does sing in the shower. I can't hear specifically what she's singing, but she does do that. Um, 20, it's awesome how you're usually right about the quality of movies. What do you mean usually right? I mean, the, the book part is, it's awesome how you're usually right about, and then blank. And this person put in the quality of movies. It looks like Haley's on this one now. Haley did two in a row, it looks like. Anyway, usually, I'm pretty sure I'm always right, actually. <laughs> no, but I am pretty passionate about movies and what I think of them. But 21, I wish I knew your secret for vol, vol, voluminous hair. Is that how you pronounce it? Voluminous? Um, I mean, I don't have a lot of hair. But I don't use gel or anything, and I'm and my hair is able to stick up in the front. That that has always kind of baffled me, actually, like how that's even possible. I don't know, but you know what? I don't know the secret, so it's probably for the better because then I wouldn't be as special if everyone could do it. Um, just kidding. <laughs> Twenty-two. It would be awesome to see you at a beach because I'd be there too. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. I totally forgot they wrote that. That is funny. It looks like this is also Haley. I think. I'm going to quit worrying about who it is, but that, that is, this person's funny. <laughs> because I'd be there too, I'm sure. 23. People seem to be impressed with your awesome, perfect pitch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, all my friends know I have perfect pitch. And... They all kind of marvel at that. I mean, they are, my friend in particular, Alec, he, uh, um, he always wants me to like figure out what note a certain noise is. And at first I was like, who cares? You know, I'm not going to tell you. But then I was like, you know what? I'll just tell him, you know, why wouldn't I tell him? Why wouldn't I use my gift? And so I quit being annoyed and I told him. And same with Michael. I, yeah, I got annoyed at first, but you know what? I was just like, I'll do it anyway. Okay, t number 24, you're awesome at making me laugh. I agree with this, and especially since I don't even know who this is, because I, I, I do know how to make each one of my sisters laugh. <laughs> um, number 25, you should be as awesomely awesome. At, no, everyone should be as awesomely awesome as you. Man, this person's just not creative at all. <laughs> um, 26, it would be awesome if you would never fail again. <laughs> fail? Man, that would, I agree. <laughs> that would be awesome. But then I would be translated. And I kind of want to stick around on Earth, so I guess I'll keep failing. I mean, it's going to be accidental. I'm, I'm, I'll try not to fail, but it's inevitable. Um, number 27, it's awesome to play Legos with you. That could be Courtney, um, and I agree. Whoever this is, it, I love playing Legos with you. Just because playing Legos with any of the girls would be a lot of fun. Um, 28, I believe the world needs your uniquely awesome self. I agree. <laughs> in, in the most humble way possible. Look, I know I'm a decent human being, and yeah, the world will be better off with more people like me. It, again, not saying I'm the best. I'm just saying I'm, I'm not a criminal, which already makes me pretty awesome. <laughs> um, 29. Chris Pratt should play you in the movie of your life. You know, I would be honored if Chris Pratt played me in my movie of my life. Because, I mean, I mean I'd feel bad for him because he would need to lose a lot of weight for the role. <laughs> just because I'm as skinny as can be. But Chris Pratt... I like him because he's an actor who also happens to be a pretty decent human being too, you know, like he's really nice, you know, he encourage. I'm a fan of his encouraging people to pray. I think that's really cool. A lot of celebrities would not want to say that even if they did believe that because they don't want to lose their job, <laughs> but because Hollywood's pretty weird, <laughs> but um, Chris Pratt, he's not afraid to say that. <laughs> 
and I admire that about him. And so, yes, I would, I am very honored that this person suggested Chris Pratt. Very cool. It's awesome that you get my movie references. Um, not, again, I'm not sure whose handwriting this is, but that's cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I live, I've lived with you most of my life at this point, so I've probably watched many of the same movies. Let's see. We should totally watch Infinity War Endgame someday. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, the new Avengers movie that comes out in a, in a few months. Yes, I agree. We should watch it. <laughs> and I think this person didn't want to feel like they were just like begging for a ticket. And so they wrote a couple smiley faces at the bottom to like make it all nice and stuff. But yes, I agree. We should. We should. I, I will do that. You know, I'll do that just because you wrote this. I was going to do that anyway, but uh, we don't need to talk, talk about that. Um, number 32. It's awesome how you want to successful. Yes, I want to successful. I've always wanted to successful. It's always been my dream to successful, actually. So, yes, I hope that I can successful and make you proud. <laughs> I'm making fun of this person because it says, it literally says, it's awesome how you want to, and then the blank, and they wrote successful. They forgot the B, but that's all right. That's all right. I'm not going to hold that against you. Can't say I haven't done that. However, I'm going to get after this person, though. Let's see. 33, I still can't get over how you beat me in Mario Kart. I can. I mean, I'm just better. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty awesome at Mario Kart. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not the best, you know. I'm not saying I'm going to get first in the tournament. But every tournament I've been in, I've always been on the podium. Because we, we always... We would have these Mario Kart tournaments when I was in high school. Some of uh, the kids in the older grade would uh, host it at their house. And no joke, 50 kids or something would be in this crowded basement play and watching the game. There'd be this bracket, everything. There'd even be a loser's bracket. One time it was awesome. I, I lost a game, but because of the way the bracket was set up, I regained a spot in the tournament because I won in the loser's bracket. And, and I, I ended up on the podium. It was awesome. I totally redeemed myself. And I always, I think I got third place once. That was my best place. And remember, this out of like 50 people. And, but I never got lower than fourth. And I was proud of that. I was proud of that. Um, so, but I'm gonna get after this person because they, um, it's not Mario Kart C-A-R-T, it's K-A-R-T, people. Come on, get it right. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, 34. It's awesome how you keep getting better at being yourself. This sounds kind of uh, obvious at first, but I mean, I, w I have become more genuine as time has progressed, I think. Um, I'm really not afraid to share my opinion I'm not afraid to, I'm not afraid to, you know, just, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Own my own, own that I have a unique sense of humor, you know, just own my own personality, just own everything I do. Um, yeah, well, that's cool. Thank you. Um, 35, if we could bottle your jokes and sell it, we'd make a fortune. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that's cool. They think I'm funny. That's awesome. Um, now, I don't think... Um, now, I don't have, like, a, a shelf in my brain of just jokes that I can whip out, you know? Most of my jokes are spontaneous, as in, like, maybe they're random. I just think of something funny and I say it randomly and it makes people laugh. Or um, somebody says something and I make a, a, a horrible just cringy pun <laughs> and that gets them or something like that. It's my humor is always in the moment and it, it, it like, it's never planned, I guess. I don't know. That's just, that's the way I'm, I'm funny, I guess. 36. It is so awesomely funny when you tell jokes. <laughs> okay. Kind of the same thing. Very good. 37. I am eternally grateful that you are our good brother. Our good, yeah, I, I'm glad that I'm your good brother. I mean, I'd hate to be your bad brother, so very good. 
38. It's awesome how you have such strong opinions on important things. Okay, I think this could be Megan, um, just because I feel like if I were to talk about something of, you know, significant importance, such as maybe like politics or matters within the church or something, she, since she's the closest in age to me, I'd probably, she might be in the conversation. So that's cool. Thanks, Megan, or whoever that was. Um, 39, if, if you were a color, you'd be blue. I disagree. I think I would be brown, personally. But blue is my second favorite color, so very well done. I, and you know what? Blue's awesome. You know, the sky is blue, you know, when it's not like a sunset. And BYU. BYU is, that blue is their color. So, you know, that's awesome. Plus... Luke's lightsaber is blue. You know, I could go on forever. <laughs> um, number 40. Remember how awesome it was when you were young? You know, to be honest, I actually prefer my life as it is now. But I do remember some awesome moments when I was young. In fact, I'm going to talk about one of those moments in just a little bit. All right, we got 10 more people. Stay with me. If you, if you haven't already left, then I think you can do this. Just hold on. Um, 41. It's awesome when you do fun things with us, like take us to the movies. I agree. It is awesome. And I'm not saying that because I think highly of myself. I'm saying that because I do have a lot of fun doing those things. The girls are awesome. I never get bored of your Louis Armstrong impressions. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm not very familiar with Louis Armstrong sounds, but I can do his voice. I, I mean, I know what he sounds like. He's just like, hello, Dolly. <laughs> that's the gist of him. It's Louis. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what he sounds like. I mean, to me, I sound more like a Muppet than Louis Armstrong, but you know what? I'll take it. 43, it would be awesome to go, you know what, actually, pause, who, you know who does a really good Louis Armstrong impersonation? My friend Eliza, she does really good impersonations of him, it's, it's mildly disturbing, but mostly impressive, um, okay, 43, it would be awesome to go to Disneyland with you, it would be awesome for you, I'm just not the biggest fan of it, but you know what, I would go, and I would enjoy it, 44, well, pause, just because, Disneyland is, is, is just, I don't know, it's, it, I, the first time I'd been to Disneyland, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but, um, the first time I went to Disneyland was when I went for choir tour, and, um, it was cool, but, like, my whole life, it'd been built up as, like, this magical place, you know, you get to see, you get to meet Mickey Mouse, and the Disney princesses, and you, these cool rides, and stuff, and, um, previous to me going to Disneyland, I'd been to Lagoon several times. So I had, so I have experience with, you know what? I think I have talked about this. I remember talking about Lagoon and why I like it more, but, um, yeah, so I, I really like Lagoon, you know, it's just, it's just straightforward. Here's some rides, you know, enjoy. Um, and Disneyland, it was fun, but I felt like for me, at least it was just a bigger version of Lagoon that was Disney themed. Um, which it, it was a lot of fun, but I would never go there because it's so expensive and I'd have to travel all the way. Like going to Disneyland would not be the reason I went to California. And plus there's just a bunch of gross, warm, sticky children running around everywhere <laughs> and I don't want to touch them. No. <laughs> um, anyway, 44, I can't wait to see what happens when you achieve your dreams. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. Uh, 45, I am slightly obsessed with your awesome podcasting skills. <laughs> I said skills like that because this person wrote skills with three Z's at the end. Like it's totally hip to be a podcaster. Um, it is, man. It's totally hip to be a podcaster. I totally agree, man. Thanks, man. Um, 46, I always want to hear what you're going to say about Let's see. I always want to hear what you're going to say about things you are passionate about. Okay. Well, that's cool because I'm passionate about a lot of things and I usually have a lot of things to say. So that works out for both of us. <laughs> 47. 
It's awesome how you believe in what's true. Well, thank you. That, that's, a, that's a good compliment. I, yeah, I mean, I have strong beliefs about certain things, and a lot of that I know to be true. And so, awesome. Thank you. 48. Three more. If you were a junk food item, you'd be candy because you were so sweet. <laughs> that's stupid. <laughs> no, that's cool. Uh, 49. Nobody is as awesome as you at having a big appetite. This is interesting because I, I have the capacity to eat a lot of food. I can eat a lot. I mean, I have friends that have witnessed this. I've eaten an entire Crippler burger at JCW's. Me and Brian, we both ate one at the place at JCW's and our friends saw. I think I even ate Brian's lettuce. So I think so I beat him technically by like one calorie. And it probably like, he probably would have beaten me if we were talking about calories because I probably would have burnt more calories chewing the lettuce than, but anyway, the most I've ever eaten in my life though was when, is, it was this restaurant called Val's in California in, uh, I think in Hayward is where my great grandma used to reside. She's since passed, you know, is, but, uh, um, there's this restaurant near her house uh, called Val's, and we went there. I remember going there once um, before I made my food record, and, you know, they serve burgers and things. Um, they have three sizes of, uh, like, the standard burger. They have the baby burger, which is a third pound of beef. They have the mama burger, which is two-thirds, and then papa burger, which is a pound. That's a pound of beef. That has a lot of meat. And, um, I, I remember this, I was maybe 14, 13, I was between the ages of 13 and 15, I'm pretty sure. And we went to California, we were visiting relatives and we went to Val's and I remember I had to prove myself because I had heard stories of my uncle Jimmy, I think it was Jimmy eating like an entire Papa burger. And I was like, I, I, I want to be like this wonderful man and I need to prove myself in this world and so so I ordered a papa burger and so I ate I ate the entire papa burger and I ate all the fries that came with it and they were pretty big fries like that they were if I remember correctly they were the, the same quality as JCW's maybe not quite as good but they were still good they were good fries they were pretty big and thick and this is where Courtney, if she was listening, she would say thick boy. <laughs> um, um, and there were a lot of fries. And it also came with a shake. I think I got like blackberry or something. And then I ate all of that. And I think I also helped my sister, one of my sisters finish their shake and some of their fries too. And I, to I totally remember after all of that, I was, I totally could have eaten even more. I, I prepared for this thing. I made sure I was just a little bit hydrated just so I wouldn't die, you know, and, but I didn't eat breakfast or lunch or anything. Maybe I ate a little bit to tide me over, but I, I was in this to win this and I did, I ate all that food and I'm proud of that. That was a lot of food. I, I don't know if I could do that again. I don't have the appetite like I used to when I was uh, in the midst of pubescence, but and I mean, I don't have the greatest appetite nowadays for multiple reasons, but yeah, that was, that was big, but I can still eat a lot. I, I had a lot of pizza the other day when I was hanging out with some friends. And this is the last one, 50. I am so grateful that you're my big brother with a little heart. Oh, that's nice. So yeah, there's that book. That's really nice. That's, that's cool. Things like this are really awesome. Um, you don't need uh, this specific book to tell people why they're awesome. But uh, I highly recommend it. it. It's like this, uh, it's not very big, it, like it's not a big book. Like I'm, it fits in my hand. It, it, I mean, it's about probably three to four inches tall, five inches wide or so. Um, it's just got some paper in it that people can write things in. And it's, that's cool. You know, more people should be getting gifts like this. Just reminders of how much people love them. So yeah. Alrighty, so now let's let's get to the thing that I've been waiting for. 
I spent about two hours typing up this uh, amazing um, recreation of my childhood. I, uh, I dramatized it, so, uh, you know, if things seem dire and dark, don't worry. This is, uh, this is dramatized, exaggerated for uh, entertainment's sake. And, um, yeah, so, let me just get a... Uh-oh, uh I dropped a chapstick! Okay. So, here we go. Are you ready? Okay, three, two, one, go. Introducing a short story by the revolutionary writer, Chris Bean. H-U-7-U, the disease that plagued my school. It was a dark and dreary day at Beehive Elementary School in the feared gauntlet of emotions known as Kearns, Utah. The downpour of moist sadness ensured the death of any chance that we could enjoy the joys of recess. Instead, we were confined to the brick walls of the prison we called a classroom and forced to use our imagination in that tiny space. There were toys and such to entertain us, such as building blocks, card games, dominoes, and the like, but we were... Start over. But we were rarely satisfied with such meager pleasantries. No, we only fed our hunger of entertainment, insanity, and glory with one game. The ultimate test of the survival of the fittest. A challenge involving strategy, wits, and luck. The original Battle Royale. Fortnite stinks and Ring of Elysium rocks. The game was Heads Up, Seven Up. To some, this game was a simple concept. Seven people were chosen due to their good behavior, and then, on the teacher's command, all remaining students would sit in their seats, put their heads on the desk, and stick up their thumbs, awaiting the possibility of being chosen for public humiliation. If luck chose to forget you that day, your finger would be tapped, giving you the assignment to stand up at the end of the session, when all of the targets were acquired, the teacher would command the students to bring their attention to those who had been chosen. The seven people standing amongst the crowd had to choose who had picked them from among the seven attackers standing at the front of the room. The teacher chose the order of guessing, and if you were fortunate, you would be chosen last, giving you the opportunity to use the process of elimination to determine who your attacker was. You had a 14.285714 and so on percent chance to just guess correctly, increasing the probability that you would be wrong, and you had to sit back down, watching as your hopes and dreams of appearing up at the front evaporated into the void of embarrassment and failure. It would surely be a while before you were given this chance again, and you blew it. Or... Fortune finally decided to shed some light, and you chose correctly. You would then triumphantly march to the front of the room, trading seats with the cursed soul who chose you, and in all swagger and glory, become a toucher. And the process would continue joyfully and remorsefully until recess was over. But this describes the game in its most primitive state, those of us in the big leagues know that there are sophisticated techniques, merciless opponents, and high stakes. The professionals used techniques of high creativity and skill, occasionally integrating the use of farts and burps. There were enemies within the class that, during the teacher's lectures, seemed like friends, but were mortal enemies in the arena. The rewards of winning were high, they included being respected by your peers, being known as the King of Seven Up, being offered erasers, pencils, and other trinkets, depending on the number of victories, and much, much more. But beware, because all of those blessings could come to a grinding halt if you were dethroned by a dark horse candidate. I, myself, 
have risen up and down this enterprising ladder many times, but in all humility and a little bit of pride, I truly was one of the champions of the game. I was rarely cast from my divine calling as toucher, and if I was, I quickly got back in. <laughs> I'm going to read that again. I quickly got back in due to my skill. I played fair, but I most definitely played dirty when times were desperate. In fact, my amazing record was almost soiled by a simpleton goody two-shoes, but I prevailed and sent him to the abyss of losership. I shall continue to describe this experience now. Page two. <laughs> As I said, we were trapped inside and the games commenced. I had worked my way up and found myself exercising the joys of ex uh, I read that incorrectly. I had, I had worked my way up and found myself experiencing the joys of touching the fingers of my chosen victims. I was in a good place and could not afford to lose my position to some whelp who got lucky. The teacher called for the students to put down their heads and the touchers were on the hunt. I chose someone who I thought would be unsuspecting and rested assured that I would survive this bout. The session ended and the executions begun. To my benefit, the students kept guessing incorrectly, giving the least amount of helpful information to the remaining players. To my dismay, the teacher was neglecting my target, saving him for last, which significantly improved his chances of correctness. At last, it was his turn. I cannot remember his name, but I remember the look in his eyes. He was afraid, knowing that his failure would ensure his doom. But I also sensed a drop of foreordained duty in his bosom, as if he knew my reign of terror had to end, and he would pick me no matter the situation. My senses were in tune, because when it was his turn, he called my name. I was nervous, but like any decent player knows, you must remain calm and maintain a viable poker face. I knew that my only escape was to play dirty, so I lied, and I said no. To my surprise, there was an objection from the crowd. One student had decided prior that he just wanted to watch this time, and the teacher permitted it. In his observance, he had seen who I had chosen and had plotted to catch me in my schemes. He was one of my competitors, and I should have seen it coming. He testified of my crimes, and I had a choice to make. Accept defeat and go down in a blaze of glory, or I could fan the flames towards him and make him pay for attempting to cross me. <laughs> In my pride, I chose the latter, and I started crying. The teacher looked to see what was the matter. She asked what was wrong, and I said that this accuser had called me a horrible title. S-T-U-P-I-D. Stupid. She then proceeded to reprimand this student for taking advantage of such a nice boy like myself. I had good relations with the teacher, and I used it to my advantage. My accuser stood bewildered as the teacher devoured him in shame and guilt. He was informed that he would stay in the classroom for lunch, while the rest of us went to the lunchroom. I continued my sad act until it was time to leave for lunch. The bell rang, and we lined up to head to the lunchroom. As we were walking out, I looked back at my opponent. He was looking at me. Initially, I gave him a sad and helpless look, but I slowly evolved it into an evil grin that probably haunted him so badly that his family was forced to move. No one ever crossed me again. I did not have the status of a bully. <laughs> of a bully. <laughs> I did not have the status of a bully. But when it came to HU7U, heads up, seven up, 
I was the king of the underworld, and my reign of terror lasted until I moved from Kearns, the pit of hatred. So then, <laughs> since then, I have become a changed man, and I do not condone my previous actions. So, the next time you or a loved one desires to engage in such endeavors, I implore you to think of the consequences of those choices. It is a cruel world in the realm of the HU7U disease. The contagiousness of feelings of rage, cowardice, malice, and other feelings founded upon hatred. It is not worth the risk. Take it from me and go live your lives in a happy and satisfactory manner. The End <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> that took me two hours to write. Not because I was just like racking my brain for ideas, but because um, I kept getting distracted because we have two computers now and, and I was on one of them typing it up and thinking about what to type and whatever. And I had a sister on the other computer and also a sister on the couch in that room and we kept talking and, and I kept getting distracted. I kept looking up YouTube videos to show them and stuff, but anyway... <laughs> I'll have I'll I'll be interested to I can't talk <laughs> I'll be interested to see what people have to say about that what they think about that they liked it um, I enjoyed reading that a lot just because like I even though I was in like a the narrator voice you know I and like I was in a serious tone or whatever I I obviously I'm not taking it seriously it, it was purely for entertainment you know comedy <laughs> um, but. Yeah, if uh, if you check out the Spilling the Beans Instagram, you can, you know, leave a comment in, in that post that it's released. I don't exactly know how that works. I'll have to speak with my social media consultant about that. But, uh, yeah, any feedback, whether it's in person or whatever, uh, let me know how that, what you thought of that. Maybe I'll do some more because I, I have plenty of stories. I have plenty of stories I can write about. And, and that, that was a true story. That was a true story. I, I remember that vividly. I, I made the kid, I got the kid in trouble because I lied. And, and, and that's bad. That's really bad. And, and I was a good kid. Like, I didn't misbehave or anything. But when it came to my standings in that game, I, I had to survive. Like, it was either me or that kid. And I know which one I was going to choose. <laughs> And as I'm looking out the window, I am seeing my sister being pulled by her friend on roller skates or something. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, and those things were true. Like, Heads Up 7-Up was the thing. Like, that and Foursquare, both of which I was a champion at. I, I'm, I'm not making this up. It was really good. And there, like, we would talk about Heads Up 7-Up at lunch and stuff. Like, it was a big deal at Beehive Elementary, at least when I was there. I, and like pe people knew who was good at that game. I was really good. If I, um, I can't remember who specifically, maybe my friend Benny was really good, but yeah, it, it was, that was yeah crazy time. Um, and the, the whole thing about like giving people erasers and stuff, seriously, there were kids who like, they would like de deal out erasers and pencils during recess. Be like, hey, hey, show me, show me proud in this next match and I'll give you these, you know? And he'd like open his jacket. It, it's totally like how you'd imagine. It's like the, the guy, the shady guy opens his jacket and there's like all these knives and stuff for sale. But it was like erasers and pencils. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, there's Kearns for you. Good old sketchy Kearns, Utah. Um... And for the record, I'm not bashing on everyone that lives in Kearns. There are some really awesome people that live in Kearns. But it definitely is one of the more shady areas of Utah. It's near West Valley, which uh, that's probably the sketchiest, uh, most crime-ridden area of Utah. Um, anyway, the last thing I wanted to talk about was all of my strategies for Heads Up 7-Up. I wasn't lying in, in the story when I said there are a lot of strategies um, whether it's 
cheating or if they're strategies that are actually legal. And I wanted to talk about them because it, I, th I think this is interesting. It's really random, but there are a lot of strategies and I implemented many of these. Um, I'm going to go through... I'm going to go through them in this order. I'm going to talk about the strategies of when you're guessing. You know, when, when you have to guess who your toucher was, or if you were sitting at the desk, um, potentially going to be touched. Like, when you're at that stage, I'll talk about that, and then I will talk about when you're up at the front, when you're being guessed, or when you are touching people or whatever. And in within those categories, there's two categories. There's the cheating slash being a tool category, and there's the actually legal category. And I've ranked these strategies with uh, three different rankings. Noob, nice, and noise. Noob is like, you could do it, but it's like, anyone can do that, and it's not going to help you that much. Nice is like, that's actually a pretty decent strategy. And noise only the pros can pull those off. So here we go. So this is for guessing, and this is the cheating slash being a tool. Um, so you can peek. You know, this is cheating. I don't condone any of these cheating strategies, but these are ones I know I've used. Cheating by peeking. You know, it's like your head's on the desk, but you like peek your eye out a little bit. And, and this is especially useful if you've just been touched. You know, you peek your eye out, see who who just walked by or whatever. Um, but that's high risk because it's pretty obvious when you're peeking, you know, your eyes above your arms and people are like, hey, he's cheating, you know, and you can get in trouble. And that's bad news. So that's noob. And then the next one, this is noise, not noise, this is nice ranking. This is looking at shoes. Now this is also peeking, but this is a different kind of peeking. And, it's, and you can't, you can't uh, really be caught doing this. What you do, some people are smart and can tell, but what you do is you, you know, you fold your arms uh, on the desk, but you make a little hole, but you scoot your arms over the side of the desk towards the floor, and you put your head over the desk past the little crack so you can see the floor. And that way, if you've been touched, you can see the floor and you can see the shoes of whoever just walked by. So that when it's time to guess, you can be like, in your head, like, oh, that person is wearing those shoes. So I'm going to guess this person. But that's also cheating, so don't do it. Oh, I, I skipped a noob ranking one. This is also noob. This is mumbling an answer. This is just like blatant cheating. <laughs> um, it's like, here's an example. It's like, all right, Chris, who do you think touched you? And then I would say, uh, I'd say, I think it was um, Michael. You know, they'd be like, Michael? Um, no, it wasn't Michael. You know, Michael would be like, nope, wasn't me. And then I would say, oh, no, no, I, I didn't say Michael. I said Tyson, you know, and like mumble it again. Be like, you know, just like trying. I don't know. Don't do that. He, this is a noise ranking one, though. This is cheating. This is what you do. And th this depends on how strict the touchers are. But if somebody touches, <laughs> and I did this, I'm not making this up. If uh, you're touching, or I mean, if you're, you, your arms are down and your thumb's up and somebody touches your thumb, what you do is you swing your arm around and you grab the person's arm. And they'll be like, hey, you know, they'll say something like, hey, what are you doing? And you won't look. But in that, what, whatever they say, you can tell whose voice it is. And then when they go up, you can be like, oh, it was you. And then... As long as this person doesn't um, put a debate about it, because you didn't see them, so technically you wouldn't have known, right? <laughs> and so, that I legitimately did this. I, I would grab kids' arms, and I'd hear them be like, hey, and be like, oh, that's Benny, or, you know, that's Jaden, or that's Diana, like whoever it was. Okay, these are actually legal strategies. So this is a noob strategy, you know, when it's time to guess, you know, this is, if you just guess, you know, that's not cheating, but you're just part of the system. You know, there's 14 or whatever percent chance you'll be correct. One out of seven. So don't do that. That's noob. Okay, let's see. Now this is, this is nice. Now we're in the nice category. You avoid accusations of cheating by acting helpless. You know, regardless of if you know 
So when you guess somebody, regardless of if you know it's them or not, you should act like you're just, is it like it's a crapshoot, like you have no idea who it is, because then they can't suspect that you were cheating or something. They, they won't accuse you of that, regardless of if you cheated. So it's good to avoid that conflict. Um, this is nice. This is a nice strategy. Attempting to identify who is sweating. And what I mean by sweating is like, who's nervous, whose body language, um, or, um, their bad poker face or their overcompensating poker face translates into, oh, this person's guessing. And so I better look like I'm not nervous, you know, so they don't pick me, you know, look at their faces. Sometimes you can tell not everyone has a, has an iron fist in this game and will crumble under the pressure. <laughs> um, this one's a nice strategy, identifying the size of the finger. Now, I, I've legitimately done this before, I'm not lying. I got I, when I get touched by the, the finger, I try, to, I try to identify how big the finger is, and then I seriously look at the hands of the people that are up front. Now, the problem with this is um, s some person's pinky might be another guy's middle finger or whatever, like, you know, and, and fingers, I mean, it's not like they're huge, there's a huge difference in size, but it has worked for me before. One girl touched me with her, this short little girl touched me with her small pinky, and I guessed it was her, because I felt a small pinky. Um... This is a nice strategy. This one's better than the last one. Still nice, though. Um, identifying smell. Now, this is for the older grades when they start wearing, like, perfume and deodorant and stuff. If they put on enough of it, you can smell it, and you can tell who walked by. Now, this, this mainly works if uh, there's, if it's kind of divided boys and girls up at the front because you can really eliminate... A lot of people depending on the scent because you can usually tell if it's a more masculine scent or a feminine scent um, and yeah I've used that before um, once the teacher calls out for you know heads up seven up you immediately look back in case there's a straggler you know somebody that's um, still walking back up to the front like just just get up and turn your head to the front and look I mean chances are they'll be up there however if there's somebody that was walking in your row or whatever and is still in your row when she says that and you see them. And remember, this is totally legal because the teacher said heads up seven up and you see the person that that could have been them. Like, especially if you were touched shortly before the fact, like I, I have gotten several people because of that. So definitely try that. Okay. Now we're in noise category. If you're really invested in this game, what you're going to do is you're going to pay attention to the surroundings. And like, you want to check the type of floor. Because if you're on a carpet, it can be a little harder to hear the footsteps of the players. But if you're on a like tile floor or something, you it's easier to identify footsteps and things. And this uh, goes into my next couple steps, which are also noise. Um, this, it, this is, uh, listening to footsteps. Like I said, you can listen to, so if you've been touched, um, listen for the footsteps of the person walking and then listen to kind of where they went relative to their footsteps, like where they went to stand back up in the front. And if you're really, really good, you can hear the type of shoe, which is the next strategy. Listen to the type of shoe. One girl was wearing boots on a tile floor, and I could hear her, I could hear her clomping around. I mean, they're trying to walk quietly, but I could tell it was her, and I was able to pick her and point her out, and I, I got up there. Um, and so, okay, so there's that. Now we're in the, this is a, if you're up in, in the front, you're a toucher. So this is the cheating strategies. <laughs> now, th so this is a noob strategy. This, this one's mostly funny more than anything. This is uh, when you touch 
multiple hands, like more than you were supposed to, totally just to throw everyone off. This really accomplishes nothing, but um, I have done this before. <laughs> it's really funny. You know, you'll pretend like, hey, man, whoa, what happened? There's so many people up there. Who did that? You know, <laughs> and yeah, anyway, that just kind of causes general chaos, but that could backfire on you. Um, and then this is number two. This is also a lying noob strategy or cheating. This is lying when you guessed correctly, because if, uh, you know, what if, if one of the other touchers saw you pick that person and you pick them, but you lied though, they could point you out or the teacher might see in the story that I just described, the teacher didn't see. And so that's why I was able to get away with it. But, um, and you should, you shouldn't do that just cause that's distasteful. You know, you're, you're a loser if you just lie. <laughs> um, and then the next uh, strategy is a nice strategy. This is, um, if somebody, um, so if the person that's, um, guessing you is the person that you chose and you, but before they guess, you point to one of your neighbors that could work because they'll be like, Oh, okay. Hey, look, he's helping me out. You know, it's like, Oh, it's this person, you know, you have to do it subtly. Like, like don't, don't make it obvious that the person next to you will see like, don't pick me as this person. You have to do it subtly. Like, Hey, hey, check this out. Look at my finger down here. It's, it's totally this guy. And so that could work. That has, I have saved myself for doing that. <laughs> but the problem is they'll, they'll see that you lied, you know, and that's why I put that in cheating because it's just not cool. You know, you're being a tool by doing it. And then this one is a variation of the same strategy, but it's noise. This is when the, you're pointing at your neighbor when the person's guessing you, but it's not the person that you chose and you point to um the the your and you point to your neighbor that also isn't theirs because this helps them be incorrect because the most useful information in this game is who picked who not who didn't pick who although any information helps that information is the best so you can help and mess people up by doing that but Again, I don't recommend that because that's lying and cheating and you're just being a tool. All right. And then finally, these are the legal touching strategies. So there's no, I couldn't think of any noob strategies. Maybe there are, but here's, and, the, and these, are, these are really the strategies that get inventive. These are the really inventive ones that the pros use. And I'll explain why. So number one is nice. This says no poker face. Because a poker face, if you've ever seen people play poker, you know, they'll just sit there and, you know, they're like blank expression. They, they, all, they all look depressed, which I think they are because gambling just doesn't lead to happiness. But, but they're looking that way because they don't want people to know if they're bluffing or not. Now, what's more convincing, in my opinion, is your normal face, your normal situation face. You know, if you're not... Um, you know, when you're not being accused of anything, you're not, have to, you don't have to hide anything, just you, just candid, whoever's playing. That's the best face to have. Because if you make a poker face, it's like people see that, they're like, oh, hey, check out this guy. He's, he's trying not to be caught because he's making this poker face. But if you just be normal, you stand up there like, yeah, yeah, I'm playing the game. Then, you know, it doesn't, it's not obvious. And so definitely do that. So this is, the next one's also nice, Step stepping quietly. Obviously, you don't want the person to identify um, where you are. And so you want to be quiet. You, If you're on a carpet floor, that makes this a lot easier. You know, you can step quietly. I recommend, if the teacher allows, you to take off your shoes. Because... The socks are a lot quieter than shoes. I don't know if you knew that, whoever's listening, but yeah, it's true. <laughs> and I mean, tile four doesn't really make a difference. You can still hear footsteps, but take off your socks if you're playing on a carpet floor and walk quietly and you can probably get away. Just don't trip over anything. <laughs> um, next strategy is a nice one. Touch early on in the process in order to have time to implement your plan and so like seek out your target. 
So don't waste time thinking like, oh, who am I going to pick? Like, think about that as you're standing up there, you know, and like, if you're up at the front and the person that you picked guessed incorrectly and you have time before the next round starts, look around and see who you're going to pick and choose wisely because you want to plan out these strategies. Now, the, my next uh, strategy is ties in with this. It's don't touch your closest friends because your friends will guess you. It's like, oh man, I bet Chris guessed me because we've been buddies since I can't remember when, you know, like you you, know, you want to pick somebody you're, you're not that close to because they'll feel awkward guessing you possibly. And so if you choose just random, not like random people, because you, you'll probably know them if they're in your class. If, but if you pick people you don't really associate with, you're going to be safer. And so you should definitely do that. And I've seen this happen before. If you pick somebody and then your teacher plays the version where everyone tells who they picked and stuff, and then you pick, it depends on the person, but you can probably pick them again and they won't guess you because they'll be like, ah, he wouldn't pick me twice. You know, what dumb nut would do that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so remember, in this game, your enemy, your friends are your enemies and your enemies are your assets. <laughs> that should be on a plaque somewhere. Anyway, number five, now we're getting into the noise strategies. I'll wrap this up because this is kind of a longer episode, but we got four more strategies, strategies, and I'll, uh, tell you how to do it. So number five, fart. I'm not playing around. However, you have to fart silently because you don't want to be, because no one want you don't want people to know that you're the one that farted. If, if you burp, it's like, eh, whatever, you know, burps are funny, but farts are funny when you're not the person that does it. And the reason farting is good is because if you fart and people Oh, and, and you need to fart around somebody who will make a scene about it. Like someone that will smell it and be like, Oh, who was that? Oh, gross. You know, you need to do that. And totally, it totally messes everyone up. It just causes panic and chaos and it messes up people's game. But you're the one sitting there, you know, you have to act like, Ew, who did that? You know, and you just got to play the part. And yeah. And so if you got one brewing, Save it and then release it silently if you know how. You know, in all honesty, I know how to release it silently. <laughs> I'm not going to go into detail, but yes, I did that as a kid. Burping. Now this, this one you need to, if you have a burp brewing, if you can, um, you need to do it loudly during the game. When you need to touch... You need to do it when you're away from your target before or after you've chosen them. And you need to burp away from them because if you burp close to them, they'll be like, hey, he burped next to me. I bet he picked me, you know? So you need to do it away. And I'm, these are noise um, ranking because like, who, who would think of these things, you know, other than a kid that was in it to win it? All right, seven. This is a really good strategy that I developed. It's um, where you, you know, you step normally th throughout the game, except what you do is, and, and this is what you do. So you, you walk around norm normally, you know, making significant sound with your steps. You shouldn't be loud, but you should just walk normally. And then what you do is you pick them and then you walk by someone else and then so it's like your footsteps are merging with theirs. You need to walk in sync with them. And then you walk quietly after that so that your footsteps will sound like theirs. They will think that their footsteps are yours, basically. And so when they go to guess and they were like listening, they'll guess them because that's the last known sound of where you were. But you will have quietly moved to like the other side of the line or whatever. And I, it has saved my tail a lot of times. And this one, this one is the highest ranking of them all. This is just respect. This is, um, I've always wanted to, to do this in a game. Um, it's where you and the other six touchers get together and each of you at the same time 
touch one person's, you know, you know, you at, you all act like you're walking around the class and then you all touch one cool underappreciated person's finger at the same time. Just, they'll be a little confused, but they'll just like be whatever. And then you'll all walk up and the teacher will say heads up, seven up. And this person will be the only one standing up and I'll look around and be like, what? And then this person will guess. And no matter who this person guesses, they'll be correct. And then you all sit down and then this person goes up, you know, just to like make them feel cool. I think that'd be awesome. But anyway, yeah, those are legitimate strategies. I legitimately farted in class silently. Oh, and, and a bonus thing with that is that strategy really, really works if you have a kid in your class that was known for farting who is also a toucher. And if so, you should fart by your target. And I did have a person in my fourth grade class who was good at that. Jaden, I remember him. Jaden was known for having the most rancid farts and he would do it all the time. And so I farted near my targets a lot to throw them off and they would choose him. And he would be like, come on, it's not always me. But I'd be like, that's right, Jaden, it's not always you. <laughs> anyway. Thanks again for listening. This is kind of a longer episode today, but hopefully you all enjoy it and I'll see you at the next one.